Hi guys, welcome to episode 12 of the BFS Fan Page Rampage. I almost forgot the name of this podcast now because I do so many. <laughs> um, uh, I'm Daniel Cotton from Twitter. This is Jarrett. How's it going? I love that you're like, you do as many podcasts as I do now. Like, you, how many podcasts do you have? 12? <laughs> um, Jesus Christ, I don't know. It's, uh, how many, how many are you on? <laughs> I'm on three and this is one of them. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So I, I think I'm about to match that. Yeah. You starting a new one? Yeah. Oh. So, uh, yeah. Did you not hear what I said? We'll get there. We're, we're get, we have a wacky connection. Yeah, no. I, no, I did. I did. You are quitting out a little bit, but I did hear what you said. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, you're doing fine. Your connection is good. I, on the other hand, it's been so long since we've done one of these, I forgot how we connect. So um, I didn't. I thought we were FaceTiming, but we're Skyping. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you didn't FaceTime me because that would have come through to my mobile phone and I would have had an anxiety attack and we wouldn't have talked today. <laughs> That's what would have happened. Sure. I'd have been like, why is he ringing me on the phone? Oh what my God, who the hell, what could it possibly be? I'm off the tour. <laughs> oh God, yeah, okay. That's Yeah, there's a tour coming up. You should tell us about what's the latest with Bowling Soup. Absolutely. Man, I'm so excited about this tour. Um, you know, a little history. We, on our very first, like, bit, well, okay, so we came over for the first time. Uncle Brian took us around. Uh, we came over the next time. Uh, we opened up for Sponge. Sponge. And then the third time we came over, we were doing, um, it was, that was with, uh, oh gosh, what was the name of that? that band they were named after an american cowboy jesse james that was our first headlining tour our second headlining tour uh 2003 was our was big big places already and we had just recently met simple plan we brought those guys over there uh so yeah man it was it's cool to be it just timed out really great here that we were able to, able to ask them to come back over there with us they got new stuff coming out they're working on, and it just it timed out great. So very excited to be coming back to the U.K., six big shows with uh, Simba Plan, Not Your Girlfriends, coming over. And then um, that's kind of what's going on now. I mean, lots of new music. We still have another cover coming out very soon. We have a new single coming out that I actually can't talk about, but it's going to surprise everybody. And then next week... Um, we will have an announcement as far as uh, something that people have been asking for for a few years. So there is a lot of shit happening in 2020, and there's just the timing of this particular podcast. Uh, it, if you're listening to this, and I will get this out this week, Daniel, I promise. If somebody is hearing this, uh, pay attention. Going to be a lot of stuff happening in a very quick little bit. Awesome. Um, well, let's talk about BFS in the news, and we'll probably touch on some topics that you can't talk more about. But firstly, uh, Sunstroke Festival in Ireland is returning after 25 years. You guys have been announced at that. What's the, what's the deal with that? How did that come about? Very excited about that. That one kind of came out as uh, was, we were very surprised to hear to, to get that offer. Very excited to be returning to Ireland. We've only done, I think, one festival, maybe two over there so uh and i actually you're you're actually informing me i didn't realize that it had been gone for so long so well very well, I've, cool. ne I've i've never heard of it before because that's also how old i am so yeah <laughs> I, I just found out from the news 
Very cool. No, I'm excited to be doing that, and then hopefully we can add some shows around that. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, right now, I guess we're kind of just focused on, as far as touring, uh, just getting to this UK tour and then uh, picking up there. Next thing in the news is the release of A Nice Night for an Evening, Volumes 1 and 2. Uh, got some some great reviews in for that. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. How that, how that came about? For sure. You know, I'd had this idea of doing the songs like piano music for a really long time. And uh, I hit, I it just so happened to have become really good friends with an amazing piano player. His name's Scott Simons. He works on America's Got Talent over here and Little Big Shots. Uh, and he's got a band called Teammate. And he he just has an awesome story. We've become very close. He's also a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, so we try to go see a game once a year. Uh, and anyway, I was just like, what do you think about doing this? Well, uh, playing these songs, I sent him a list of songs. And so basically I just hired him to record them. And they came out so great, I was like, you know what? You know, fuck it. Like, let's just do another round. Now, this has been like three years ago that we did this. And in fact, I think... Some of the hardcore fans will remember, I guess it was two years ago, I gave three of the songs away uh, as yeah. a like, Christmas present to the fan page. And honestly, what keeps happening, what kept happening was, is it just kind of kept getting pushed back. It was just like, no, we don't need to do this, we don't need to do this. And the in this three years since we've done that, the world has changed so much in that when I first had him do it and we just, I decided I wanted to release it, Everybody's, oh, no, we need the time to set it up. You know, management wants the time to set it up. Um, you know, our distributors want time to set it up. And uh, we've just come to a, a point in the world where you don't need that anymore. Now everything yeah. is instant. And so <clears throat> I uh, we were on our last tour here in America, and I just decided, I'm, you know what, I'm just going to make an advert for this, and I'm going to get a guy to voiceover. I'm going to make a commercial and I'm just going to force the issue and send out the masters. And so I just sent it all to my to my publicist. I had it all remastered. It had been mastered two years ago, but I, I had it all remastered again and uh, sent that to my my people. And I was just like, look, I want this out. And, and it was really cool because it was not what I expected. They were like, yeah, let's get it out before Christmas. And so, yeah, nice night for an eating, evening, volume one and volume two. It's, you know, something that I just always thought would be really cool to have where – you can listen to Bowling for Soup songs at your wedding or in the nursery or at work or in the car with your kids or whatever. And uh, I I played them at, uh, at Christmas dinner. Yeah, I actually like listening to it because sometimes it takes me a minute to figure out what the song is. Like, um, And <laughs> recently Rob walked down the aisle, or at least it was playing for his wedding as everybody sat down and... Uh, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where it, it came out perfectly. You know, I, I wish I could have gotten it out sooner, but I think it timed out really great and, and, uh, happy that it's out there in the world now. Very, uh, you know, and again, you're right. The response has been amazing and, and it's cool. Cause it's one of those things where it seems like every other day I get a message from somebody who's just like, how did I not know that this is in the world? And I'm just like, I don't know. I fucking spread it around as fast <laughs> as I can. Uh, just for any UK listeners, the thing you'll know Scott Simons for most is the Paw Patrol theme tune. So yeah, um, you owe that guy a thank you for every terrible morning you've had with your kids' TV. <laughs> right. Yeah. There, funny thing about him is he's kind of in the crew that I uh, there was there was a time 
when I was on Phineas and Ferb and and doing Chucky at the same time. And so you you would turn on your television in the morning and it would be, you know, in, in just a span of time, you, you, Scott would be there with Paw Patrol. I would be on there with Phineas and Ferb or Chuck E. Cheese, you know, which is a restaurant for the, those yucky uh, UK people that don't know. And then uh, Perry Grip, who is another good friend of ours, would be on there with some crazy cartoon that he was doing. And then Linus of Hollywood, who is my best friend, uh, would be on there doing some Barbie commercial or whatever. So it's like the four of us just owning children's television for quite some time and, uh, you know, ruling at it. Man, I mean, this is starting to sound a little bit like Hollywood, you know, just four <laughs> guys running everything. Yeah, well, so, I stay the know. fuck away from there unless I yeah, have to. Yeah, you need to be careful in like 25, 30 years, okay, because bad stuff comes from that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, final thing, the final thing in the news uh, was the Alexa Bliss guest star in the Bone of Soup video, which presumably you can't tell as much about right now, but... Is there anything to say on that? All I can say is that uh, Alex, Lexi and I have become good friends, and uh, she is involved in a song that we've got coming out. I am very excited about it, um, and that is all I can say, really. all You know, I mean, I think, really, she's in the video, and there's a song, and that's all I can say. But I will say this for those of you who are fans of either her or us. Uh, you do not have to wait long, and I will stop right there in what I'm saying about it because uh, it. Uh, I think the surprise is going to be well worth it. Good. Well, we'll move quickly on then. This day in bowling pursuit history um, is actually from the 9th of January, which is when initially we were going to be recording this, and um, then I considered having one for each day of, of that we <laughs> one for every day we should have recorded this podcast. You remember when you did that um, that acoustic album, the acoustic album that almost never was? Yeah. Do you think you could just put the almost never was after the, every single project you do? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that hurts. You know what? I'm getting better uh, about that kind of shit, and I've I've really done good at prioritizing lately. I've got I've stopped doing certain things in my career that just ate up time, uh, whether it was just something that I was doing because I enjoyed it or something, whatever it was. Um, but I am trying to get better. I, moving this one, though, would really help me out. So I do appreciate your patience, Daniel. <laughs> I just screw with you. Uh, so the 9th of January, uh, just 2019, um, High School Never Ends was in the show Schooled, which obviously you and Kelly also did the theme tune for. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about how that came about? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's really cool who you meet uh, when you're when you create things and you've been doing it for a really long time and you sometimes you know, you sometimes wonder if uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really know where I was headed with that. It's just really cool when someone comes out of the woodwork and they're a huge fan. And so you kind of go back to when there's a show called um, what is it? The Grizz, Grizz I, I'm just drawing a blank right now. Goldbergs. Goldbergs. I'm sorry. I was drawing a blank because I was thinking about Anthony Michael Hall. Um, so the Goldbergs uh, came out and, and it's just such a small world. I uh, the Haley Orantia who plays, I think her, I can't, I don't know her name on the show, but she used to babysit my kids. She's from here. And, uh, turns out the guy who created that show, Adam Goldberg was a huge Bowling for Soup fan and has been a supporter of ours for a very long time. And, um, 
in a big way. He um, he has, uh, I believe it's songs people actually liked. He was the he did the um, executive producer thing, so he was the executive producer of that. Uh, so fast forward to him coming up with a spinoff show, and basically, I won't name specifics, but he essentially hit me up, and I was with Kelly, and he goes, "Hey, we're we have this spinoff show. We have to have a theme song in six days, and this artist, this artist, and this artist, and this artist are all." They're all going for it. You guys want to pitch something. And so we pitched 14 songs. Uh, 14, <laughs> we pitched, f- no, sorry. We pitched 15 14-second songs, uh, which means we have 14 left. So hopefully at some point, uh, on a different topic, at some point Kelly and I will release 14 14-second songs. Um, about something and that that's a whole nother idea but yeah you know and we got it and uh so it's been awesome and the show's doing great and that's very exciting i'm gonna be completely honest with you daniel if i did not know that high school never ends was in the show i had no idea well whoever was running your social media at the time knew because it was on facebook so that's that's, really cool that's where i read it so that's really cool no so the cool th- what so to back up a little bit, high school never ends was on the original campaign for them to advertise the show, uh, but they are a um, I believe they're a branch of Di- yeah it's ABC right so they're a branch of Disney they have to own everything outright so we essentially had to give them the song of course we we will make the royalties off of it but. Um, Obviously, they couldn't own High School Never Ends. So he was really cool about it. He was like, in a perfect world, I'd have High School Never Ends, but we can't use that, obviously. Uh, But it's great that they've managed to work it into the show, and they used it for that. And, uh, you know, very cool. It's it's been super awesome all the way around. And can't say enough good things about Adam Goldberg, uh, who gave me and Kelly the shot. And uh, and then and Lewis, also um, Kelly's husband and from the Dolly Rots, for helping in that whole thing because we were churning them out so fast. I mean, in six days, again, we wrote 15, 14-second theme songs um, in and around everything else we both had going at the same time. So, um, But we did it. Awesome. Uh, Just one thing on that, that that Adam Goldberg – if you aren't familiar, it's not the same Adam Goldberg who plays the guy who loves to dehydrate fruit on Friends because he is also called Adam Goldberg, different oh, guy. Did not know there that. There you go. Now you do. Uh, next segment is Bowling for Soup on camera. And the fan page this time around voted to hear about the Turbulence video. Oh, wow. Cool video. Um, turbulence, I, I, and it's timely as well. Um, at the time... I had a company with my friend Heath Balderson. Heath Balderson, who started out as a fan, who became a friend, and as a video guy from up in Wichita, Kansas. And he and I had started a company called Built by Ninjas and done a few videos for various things. Uh, we did an MC Lars video that I'm still really proud of um, called 23. And uh, so, you know, this was... This was the first album after being on Jive. This is the first record where we, you know, we were making stuff on our own, and it was weird. You know, it's not something that we had ever done for nine years, and in the time that we were making real videos, uh, Jive 
you know, I got to write the treatments or, or you know, or, or take the ideas, Chris's ideas or, or whatever, and make them into whatever video we wanted. And they just made it happen. And we got directors and all that. Well, found myself in a situation where we didn't have that. And so Built by Ninjas had started up to make some videos. And, um, you know, I, I had the idea of like, man, what if we could actually shoot this on a real airplane? And, you know, I, the, the good thing about being in a town like Dallas and, and being here for so long is just I'm able to find people and things and so i was able to get that that airplane i got that we we paid uh i think it was i think we paid 750 dollars for that airplane and we got it the whole day with the air conditioning running which is great now this story actually goes back into the previous story daniel this is an interesting tie-in before i continue on the car i'm driving in turbulence was Haley orantia's car so that holy she, shit. Yeah, she lived right down the street and babysat my kids and that was her first car. So uh loved it and it was it was great. So Haley let us use the car in the video. And um you know, so uh then that's my neighbor's son, and then um his mom plays the flight attendant. Uh, another really interesting story about it is my daughter um got sick. And that morning woke up not feeling well. So she's in the video as the little girl with the little doll, but it's not planned. The only way, the only reason she's in there, I, I didn't have plans to have kids in it. Uh, it's just she was homesick. But my in-laws are in there from my previous marriage. Um, a, few, a few fans, a few friends came and did it. Um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who else is in it. I think uh, Jake Mai's in it. I think um, a musician who's who's great, uh, Jimmy Wilkerson, uh, Paul um, Gonzalez, uh, a few just you know again friends and fan friends came and um, now I will tell you there's a couple of other good stories. One of the stories is that we were already shooting it; we were like halfway done in the airplane part, and. So we had assigned seats, and we're going through, and we're shooting it back. So, you know, if you think about when something is shot, you can't change. Like, you can't change people or where they are or who's in there. Well, we had these two women on the plane, and um, one of them, about halfway through the shoot of the airplane, got diarrhea, and they had to fucking leave. And, like, we literally had to work around that and shoot around it, and... It was bizarre. It really was. It was fucking weird. Um, to to, to just because it was like it, something that I had never had to deal with, you know, before. Where it's just like, you know, I'd, okay, it's you know, you sure you can't just like take a pill and hang? But they couldn't. That's the most the most bowling for soup story in the world. That you were independent for the first time, just been dropped from your label, and you go, let's buy a fucking plane. Yeah, and you managed you managed to do that with absolutely no issues, and then diarrhea. Yeah, just oh, fucking fucks day. it up. Yeah, that's, yeah. We got the air, got the airplane with no, no, had absolutely no bad. You know, it was it was no problem. Um, we actually that is a small airport where we're filming. Um, that we we got full access to it. Um, when I'm just driving around, all of that is just around my old my house that I had before the one here, and so that house sits way west. And uh, so it just it, it 
away from my actual neighborhood is all those places where there's just trees and bigger houses and things like that. So, um, a couple of other things when Gary's car, uh, no, when Chris stops to help me with the car broken down in the video, cars just kept, it's Texas. Everybody's so nice. So cars just kept stopping to ask if they could help. We'd have to cut. No, we're good. So finally we had to put Heath like way back behind just to tell cars to keep going. No, we're all good. You know, keep going. So when we did the part where Gary's got the flat tire and I stop and help, we went way out where we knew there wouldn't be any cars to to keep interrupting that thing. And then um, that that store where uh, where Eric is is an old it's it's at an old turn used to be a highway it's real famous around here it's a it's an old feed store and stuff like that but uh, very fun video to make again um, cool to be to be you know to do it on our own and literally on our own uh, and and so uh, again the reason why I said timely Heath and I have been talking again and it looks like we may try and do some more stuff, some more Built by Ninja stuff in the coming months. So um, I know a lot of people were following what we were doing there for a while. So if you can, you may see it heat back up before you know. But yeah, that was a really fun video to make. That's really cool. Um, I'm just going to open a beer. And the yeah. next segment is uh, the story behind the song. And I've just texted you a link to the lyrics of the song. Oh, what a good boy you are. All right, so the song is... Oh, Star Song. Yeah, so the fan page this time have voted uh, to hear the story behind Star Song. And if you're listening and you don't understand what's happening there, go and join the Bowling for Soup fan page and look out for when I post and ask what song you want to hear about. That's how this podcast works. There you go. Fan page is on Facebook. You just go there, you get approved, you don't be a dick, and uh, you have a lot of fun. It's uh, a very cool group of like-minded, supportive, just nice people. And uh, it, it, whether you're a huge fan of Bowling for Soup or whatever, it's just a cool place to hang out. Uh, Star Song, I uh, so we had gone and recorded Drunk Enough to Dance. It was out. Uh, Girl, the Bad Guys Want was a hit. We had sold a lot of albums. I think it was around 300 and something thousand records. And I mean, that was good for us. And I had the president of the label call me. And I, I think I've told this story before, maybe on this podcast. But basically what they wanted to do was re-release the record. They wanted to basically strip uh, more songs onto it and do a completely new release. And, man, I, I really didn't want to do it. At the time, you know, people were still buying albums. And in order to get songs that were stripped onto a record you'd have to steal them and and it was just a really complicated time in that they wanted to do it to expose us to new people and do this new release and I didn't want to do it because I didn't want people to feel like they had to buy the record again just to get these songs um at the end of the day you know they won out I very few times that I give in but I did give in and and maybe it's for the best I mean that's where Punk Rock 101 came from our cover of Iran, which the band aren't really crazy about, but we do know that fans dig it quite a bit. Uh, but also Star Song. So uh, Butch Walker, we went in to do this with him, who had produced that record and who wrote, he and I wrote Girl the Bad Guys Want and uh, something else on that record. Love Call, uh, Last Call Casualty? Is that on there? Yeah. Uh, mm. Right? Yeah, that's on there. And um, so... I, I took Star Song with me and, and 
we finished Punk Rock 101, and I showed him this, and we finished this. Um, that's that's you know how it got to. But I, you know, for me, I had just it was kind of the beginnings of people starting to tell me that my music was or that our music was helping them that you know that they you know it was more and more that I had people coming up going hey I I went through a really rough time and your stuff has really helped me or you know I don't get along with my parents and but we both like your band and you know there was an openness that was happening to me that I had never felt before and and never and maybe it's just access to you know that was you know um there was more stuff happening online and people could could find you easier and that so uh yeah i i just i wanted to write a song about that about how you know it's okay to be different it's okay to um that you don't have all the friends in the world you know every single year of your life that's just not how it works and you know being popular isn't necessarily the 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 best thing in the world cuz you're you and you're great and um so yeah i just i want i wanted to put a song out there to communicate to those people those kids really young people mostly at that time and obviously that's changed it's a very wide range these days of people who get something out of the songs that that i write that um puts them in a better place or helps them get through the day sometimes. And so uh, I have heard that a lot about this song since then. So obviously it's to me, it feels like it's done its job, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, I, I, so going through it lyrically, you know, I, obviously I, I uh, tried to make it seem like she had her vagina pierced. Uh, when I got your tongue pierced once, <laughs> can't show anyone unless it's under covers. Uh, I was going for a vagina there, but I guess you could take it as a nipple as well. But um, I was going. Uh, but then the whole idea was, you know, I remember even me to an extent, like I, I used to be embarrassed sometimes for getting really good grades because my my friends didn't give a shit about school. You know, and so you you got an A in class, and you hope no one would notice. You know, you're the smartest kid in school, and it makes you makes you self conscious. And then obviously a Motley Crue reference, and your loser boyfriend smoking out in the boys' room. Um, you know, we like to throw those in, Daniel. We really like it. And uh, but yeah, so and then we go through the chorus. Everybody's got their scars, but no matter what they tell you, you're beautiful you, the way you are. Um, you know. There's a there's a pressure sometimes I think that comes on teenage kids especially to go and do the things that their parents did and and it's a big thing here in America where you know your dad wants you to play football and your mom wants you to be a cheerleader and so this next line was um you know that that where your mom's happy that you came a cheerleader homecoming queen just like your older sister but then you dyed your hair pink you know they're like what are you doing like you're becoming your own person we don't like that and um but yeah that's pretty much the whole song i mean as far as it's a very simply written song it's it's one of those that um just happened i'll never forget i was sitting there uh my daughter was one at the time when I wrote this and was just, you know, crawling around on the floor and I had an acoustic guitar and I belted this one out. And, uh, you know, one of my favorites, um, that I've ever written and definitely a fan favorite for sure. 
Absolutely. Um, it was uh, Life After Lisa was the other Butch track on that. Got album. it. That's right. No. Okay, thank you for that. Uh, next final segment before we do Q&A is uh, what's Jarrett listening to right now? Uh, I have um, found myself going back. Uh, I went. I did a thing where I went back and listened to all the Green Day records really recently, and it's that's a fun thing to do when you've liked a band for thirty years, and you you know you can go back and oh yeah, man, I haven't heard that song in a really long time. And then what I found interesting was is that you know when you listen to albums over and over and over and over again, you start to hear the next song before it comes on. And I found, my, <laughs> yeah. I found myself getting mixed up, you know, where I would just be like, wait a minute, I didn't think that was next. What is what is going on here? Uh, you know, I um, I went, but I, I found myself in a little bit of a nostalgic phase, going back and listening to what I was listening to in like 2013, 2014, which is uh, the main a lot, um, a band from here actually called Artist versus Poet. If you never got into that band, go check them out. That their first record is so good. It's just, it's just nutty how good it is. It's not even fair. Um, and uh, I just produced a band in, from Wichita Falls, my hometown, called Throttle Body. They're just a straight up rock band. Uh, I have had to listen to that a lot for work. And um, man, I thought there was something else that I was listening to that I was excited to say because I was just like, wait a minute, I'm going to actually get to say this on the thing. And now I can't... I will tell you this. I I don't know if I've put this out there in the world yet, but I'm sure I have. Uh, I, you know, I have my kids in the car a lot, so a lot of times I have to listen to what my kids listen to. And fucking, man, Post Malone has got it figured out. That dude, like, I... I he's great. That dude's awesome. I... It's just all good. All of it. What do you think about the track with Ozzy? Oh, it's fucking great. Yeah, and I right. hadn't even heard of that or whatever, but I thought it was great. And that kid's from here, too. Um, he's from uh, from just over in South Lake, so not far from here. So, yeah. Um, and then the boys have been going through an Eminem phase that, that it pops up once a year. They just That's all they want to listen to is Eminem, so... We've been listening to a lot of Eminem, and uh, and then yeah, I've been just very nostalgic in what it is I'm listening to recently. Awesome. Well, we'll move on to Q and A, but I want to ask first: is there a, is there a spot in Green Day's discography when you're going through it where you just taper off and don't listen to anything after a certain year? Yeah, I I don't go really past um, American Idiot. And that's just, I just never, I mean, by then, you know, I was so busy and I mean, I, I'd hear this, some stuff that was on the radio or whatever, but, um, yeah, I, I, I'm certain that I would like it, but I haven't listened to really any records after that. You know, I mean, just from my age and my exposure to those guys, obviously I'm going to like the first six albums the best. Cause that's, you know, I was still listening to that when it when they were coming out and stuff. Now I do have my Green Day story where I and I've written a, I wrote this for some magazine and it's uh I wrote an article called Green Day Disease and it's basically what I call what happens to you when a band gets popular so you decide you don't like them anymore because everybody else does. Now I don't think right. that I don't think that happens as much in your country as it does here because our our music is so clickish here. We don't really have the thing where you know people listen to it, it it's diversified a lot but still people kind of stick with what they know i think it ha it happens when you're in high school 
No. Yeah. But past that, I don't think so. Yeah, but so um, anyway, Green Day disease is um, happened to me, and that's why I called it that. But so you know, I I was listening to Green Day, obviously before they got big, <laughs> and you know, going to see them and shit, and then Dookie came out, and all of a sudden, people that I thought of as douchebags at the time started liking them, and, you know, you just, there's this weird, odd resentment that happens where you're, you know, I think it happened to us, I really do, I think that, that once we were on the radio, I think there was a backlash of people that were like, oh, now they're on the fucking radio, blah, 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 and it's so stupid, <laughs> and I regret it so much because I missed the Insomniac record. Like, I didn't, I just didn't give that one, even. I was like, fuck right. them, like, I'm out. And that record is so good, and I'll just go back and listen to that record, and it just, that's that's my reminder of any time I start to think, oh, shit, they're getting popular, I'm not gonna like them anymore, you know. It, it's, you know what, it's okay to like things that other people like. You know, like, there, there for a time, there was an underground group of people who liked pizza. And then once everybody discovered it, they weren't like, you know what? We're not going to fucking eat this anymore. And you know what? Maybe they were. Maybe that's where calzones came from. But guess what? It's just folded over pizza. That's all pop punk is. Folded over Green Day. That's it. It was It was uh, the Ninja Turtles. That was the underground pizza fans. <laughs> okay, literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that happens even more with... Uh, when you've not yet listened to a band at all or watched a movie or a TV show or whatever, if the person who tells you, oh, you're really going to love this, if you're like, well, you're a dick, so yeah. I'm not going to... If you like it, I'm not going to like it. Yeah. I do that a lot. Yeah, that's... You know, we Gary and I just talked about that actually on the Rockstar Dad show about how you, that happens with people. Like, you'll be like... You, you just meet somebody and you're like, man, I think I could be friends with that guy. And then one of your friends is like, eh, I don't know, that guy's kind of a dick. Then you you just instantly are like, oh, well, I guess the guy's a dick, you know? <laughs> and it's it's like, people are just different people. And that's happened to me a, a couple of times recently, professionally, where I start to get to know someone and I take a meeting and I'm like, I come away with, man, that guy's great. And then I hear, you know, oh, yeah, I don't like that guy because of this and this and this. So I've just stopped listening to that. I just, now I form my own opinion. And you know what? If group A doesn't mix with group B, it's like mis mixing family and neighbors. You know what I mean? Like when your neighbors come over, you feel a certain way, you're drinking, everything's great. Your family comes over, whatever, this is the way. To, but when you mix those two groups, everybody wonders how the fuck you can stand the other group. <laughs> And that's so true. It's so, yeah, it is. It's like don't mix friend groups. You can mix certain friend groups, but you really need a checklist to make sure, okay, you know, before I mix these two uh, friend groups. It's like the time I tried to introduce Zach Malloy to Linus of Hollywood, not joking, and within two hours they were about to get in a fist fight on the streets of Los Angeles, California. And I was just like, okay, never again. Uh, never yeah, again. Yeah. You have to referee. You have to find common ground before you introduce them. Yeah. Say, did you know that he loves this? And that's, yep. how, that's how you did it. You're right. <laughs> I didn't do that. I was too caught up in just thinking, hey, we're all three cool dudes. You guys have me in common. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, And I'm not meaning that to be the normal Jarrett, like I'm famous thing. I, I literally mean like, hey, I'm really close friends with you. I'm really close friends with you. Why wouldn't you guys get along? No. Like oil and fucking water, man. That's so funny because I'm – my podcast, Tango If You Don't Deserve, uh, me and Sophie were just talking about 
someone in some death metal band that she from the 80s that she really likes who's from Liverpool and drinks in her local bar and is a bowling for soup fan and she's like I really want to introduce him to Jarrett and I was like but why? <laughs> what, what what is that for? So like, I don't know. Just so they, because I know them both. Like, mm, I don't think that means they'd be friends. <laughs> <laughs> she looks great, by the way. I saw a picture of her the other day. She, uh, her shirt matched her hair, and she looks awesome. Right. Well, I'm not supposed to that... tell you that because you're you're her best friend, and you guys say like shit about each other. But anyway, I think she looks good. Oh no. It... Oh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't even that. It was just the shirt matching the hair thing. I'm like, well, if that's all it takes, I'll figure that one out. Oh no, she just looked really good. She just looked nice. It was, uh, it was, it was nice to see her. I think you're wasting your time. I don't know if she listens to this. Um, let's move on. <laughs> oh, okay, I'll let it that out then. So, as as always, uh, we've taken questions from the fan page, and the first one is from Eloise Skelett, who asks, "What's the most embarrassing thing you've done out in public?" Huh, out in public. Um, well, goodness gracious, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, aside from like the normal like pee your pants kind of thing, um, embarrassing. Here's the problem, and you could probably attest to this, Daniel. I don't really embarrass easily if there's an audience. Nope. I I just don't like things that would happen to a normal people to normal people if there's people watching or whatever i can i've always just had the ability to turn that into my favor now to embarrass me you would have to be in a small group of people and find like the one thing that you know that you could sort of harp on and it it's possible but man i i will say that in a in a in a crowd of people or in public it's pretty hard i mean one time a guy spit in my hair when i was a little kid and it was a loogie, and I was real embarrassed, and he was like a bully, and um, and I, you know, that was one of those things where you don't really know what to do, because it's not like you're going to fight the guy, and then you've got a loogie in your hair, and that, that was really embarrassing, but hard to think of things. Um, you know, I mean, my kids have embarrassed me before by, you know, doing stupid shit, like knocking, Everett knocked over a fucking, uh, like a streetlight at a club uh, one time, like but it was like a fake streetlight or whatever, like just knocked the thing over. That was kind of embarrassing, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Me myself, I'm I I don't really embarrass myself much. No, that's I I can definitely attest to that. Yeah, if you ever see Jarrett in public and he's peed his pants, yeah, he probably did it on purpose to make <laughs> you laugh. So you're wasting your time. <laughs> Either that, or yeah. I'm gonna make you think I did. <laughs> Uh, Laura Baker says, what's the most annoying thing that each of the band members do on tour? Um, Chris leaves his spit cups laying around. Um, it's really fucking gross. Mm -hmm. uh, so he, he takes a water bottle and he spits his dip in there and he just leaves them around all over the place. Um, that's super annoying. Um, I've grown to live with it. It's 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 funny because it bothers me more when it bothers other people. And since we have like a you know a new crew guy here, a new guy, we have a new bass player who it drives Rob absolutely crazy. Um, Rob, uh, uh, I guess the thing I, I he's just never where he's supposed to be uh, when it's time to be there. So like <laughs> we'll be sitting around all fucking day long and he's there, and then it's like okay guys, let's go do VIP, and he's just gone. <laughs> 
Like, and, or he has to take a shit, like, as we're walking on stage. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's not every once in a while. It's every single time. And uh, apparently that's a thing. His brother told me that that was a thing that he did when they were kids. Like, hold on, I got to go pee or whatever. Like, he'll, he'll literally, we will literally be sitting there talking like, okay, yeah, we got VIP in like 15 minutes. All right, 10 minutes, five minutes or whatever. And they're, okay, let's go. Oh, hold on. Let me go change my pants. And I got to go pee real quick or whatever. It's just like, what in the, or he's just, again, he's just gone. It's like, we've been looking for, he's been there all day. And all of a sudden we need him for something. And it's just like, where the fuck are you? You know? Oh, I went down the street to do this thing whatever it, that's pretty that uh, it adds up that starts to get to me after a while and well and it's he's aware of it so i know that it bothers him that it bothers me uh so i try not to harp on it all the time but then sometimes i just can't fucking help it um i'm gonna be completely honest and i think you'll be able to attest to this too i don't really think gary does anything annoying like I was I was just thinking I'm excited to hear what you have to say about Gary because I could not think of what you were going to say. And I think for the most part, you guys probably gel the best on tour because you have the same like downtime hours. Yeah. You're both quiet at the same time yep. and then you're both drunk at the same time. And 100%. Yeah, we're we're roommates as well. So we've been roommates since the start of, of us getting hotels, you know, over 20 years ago. Um, we both have kids. We both work um you know more normally than i mean rob has a job outside the band but you know his he works at a at a club and he's like a marketer guy or whatever it's it's again responsibility wise i think gary and i are the same we hang out a lot outside of the band obviously we have the rockstar dad show together so i i am certain that i do shit that annoys him um because i i think Everything I do is just exclamated by the fact that it's me and I'm, I'm fucking, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say that as like, I'm not trying to be funny. It's just, I don't know. Like I set my shit down and I talk about, Hey, Hey, I'm going to set my shit down over here. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, you know, but you're right. There's a time of day where I don't want to talk and I, I, don't really want to be spoken to because I'm fucking tired or whatever. And me and Gary are, are on the same plane. We wake up in the morning in our room or whatever, and we don't even say anything. And then one of us just goes and gets bottles of water. And then we, you know, grab the other one's bag while the other one's taking a shit. It's just unspoken. But I, I really honestly can't think of anything he does that that annoys me, which is crazy. But, um you know, I will say this. Now, the, this is okay. I, I got one. He has gotten to where, like, after the shows, he doesn't like to go to bars anymore, <laughs> and that annoys the shit out of me. And then he'll like pick a night to where I don't want to go to a bar, and he goes to the bar. So I, I just wish he'd get his shit together on that. Um, <laughs> you, I mean, you've got to meet America only because you don't like going to bars in the UK. Not. Not a lot, no. And you know why? Because, quite frankly, I don't... There's just not really much for me to drink there. I Now that I'm drinking cider, I think I'll, I'll get better about it. Um, And I have been better about it. That Man, that one day, we were at the bar literally all day. Remember? Uh, the Peaky Blinders thing? <laughs> and... Oh, I, I was, that was the day before the tour. Oh, so shit. I, you weren't I there. Yet. Yet. God damn it. <clears throat> well... Get there early this time, Daniel. You never know what you're going to see. 
I, I actually am. I'll meet you at the airport. That's where I've already scheduled. So. Attaboy. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it this time. Um, Steve Rice says, what are your thoughts on the Lounge Kittens ending their music career? Uh, such talented trio. Will you invite them to any of the Feb shows as guests? Would love to have them anytime. Actually, I have a message sitting in my inbox from Zan that I haven't left because I've been doing uh, read because I've been doing this. Um, I, obviously, I would I do stay in touch with Zan um, as much as I can, um, and um, you know I I I I just think I think they lived in the wrong place. I think if those girls lived in the U.S. or if someone would have brought them to the United States and just figured out that dynamic and gotten them out there and, and oh, man. And, uh, you know, I just think that it would have been fucking amazing. Um, and But I, I get it. I mean, I, I also understand. It's it's hard. You know, it really is. It's a, it's a hard thing, and it's hard to be. Uh, they're just so different. You know, yeah. Um, so anyway, I uh, but I love them all dearly and um, just wish them the best. And and yes, I I am hoping that they will come out for something that we got coming up. I I'm pretty sure I've spoken to Zan and they are coming to one of the shows. So that would be awesome. Uh, Cody Collins asks if you could cast yourself in any existing movie, what would it be? Uh, an existing movie, what would it be? God, that's a really good question, actually. I, um, man, I think it'd be, I think I would have done really good, uh, in the Jack Black character in School of Rock. I think my personality would have been good for that. I think if I did it now, though, I'd probably just do an impression of Jack Black doing it, yeah. so I probably wouldn't be, like, it. And, and if you'd done that, Jack Black probably wouldn't exist. <laughs> yeah. But um I I uh man I would have loved to have played Beetlejuice um I uh you know but and and it'd be cool to be in like a serious movie too um but I guess yeah I mean I guess I would have I think School of Rock would have been fun I would love to be in like a uh in you know who I'd like to play like a like a minor character in a Ryan Reynolds movie so because I just want to hear that guy talk all the time. I fucking love him. Everything he says is funny. So, uh, what's the superhero movie he does? You, just want, you want that? Uh, Deadpool. Deadpool. I want to be like that bartender character in Deadpool. You know. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you just want you would just want him to make fun of you and be yeah, pretty in front and of it'll you. be That's fucking it. hilarious. <laughs> Uh, Jacob Bowman says is there a plan for releasing the hidden slash bonus tracks slash b-sides that are region locked uh you know what I need to do on that uh that would not be as difficult as I probably think it would be I'm just going to be completely honest and say that I just need someone to help me go, okay, so this came out on the J Japanese version of this and this and this and just, like, put it all in a spreadsheet because I, I get confused about it. I really do. Like, sometimes somebody will bring up a song and I'm like, I don't even remember releasing that. And they're like, oh, yeah, it was on the German Walmart thing or whatever. So um, maybe... <laughs> I'll, I'll, do that, I'll do that this week. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Daniel's going to work on that. And I could probably put that out on a... Um, Probably just release it even on just on the digital stuff or whatever the B sides that you know shouldn't have been or something. But uh, do, 
In terms of like any that came out when you were with Jive still, will you have will you be able to release them on an additional release? Um they still own them. So I mean I think really you know, especially as long as I'm not making money on it. So if I'm just putting them out digitally, I don't know. I'll figure it out. It might be something, too, where I can just get permission to do it. Um, okay. Because it's not like they care now. I mean, for those of you who don't know why B-Sides used to exist, B-Sides used to exist so that people in certain countries wouldn't buy the imported CD at a cheaper price. So um, we would put a two songs on a UK CD so that you guys wouldn't pay less money to buy it American. Uh, same with Japan. So they would get two exclusive things. Or whatever. So you, you want them to buy, you're basically trying to get people to buy that music in their region. And that's why B-Sides even existed. And for anyone who doesn't understand the term B-Side, there used to be these things called records and you turned them over yeah. to side B. Right. Or a cassette single where you could just flip it around. Yeah. No, no. I was never on board with cassettes. Oh, okay. They, they didn't do anything for the music industry. What I, a I, weird thing, man. It's so weird to even think that you – because that was my whole life, you know? Like, I mean, really, that's uh, – See, see, I, I, grew up, I grew up in a weird, a weird section where my mom still had a record player and listened to vinyl, and CDs came out when I was – just about old enough to buy music. So I just skipped cassettes. The first ever single I bought was a cassette. After that, CDs. Interesting. Uh, Kimberly Case says, what is your favorite song to play on tour and does it change depending on where you play? Uh, it does change, but not depending on where I play. Sometimes it's just a mood. Th it's funny because um, somebody asked me this the other day. I did a thing on Instagram. Uh, I did like a Q&A on my story. And I put Girl the Bad Guys Want. And that one really does remain my favorite. But I guess I had said almost at some point, and uh, Rod on James, my Jiminy Cricket, called me out on that. Uh, I really <laughs> like to play Friends of Mine, and I really like to play Girl the Bad Guys Want. I, I Any of the hits is really fun, but I will say, there's just something about playing that riff and Girl the Bad Guys Want, and, and when everybody just instantly three notes in realizes what it is, it just, it's just, that's the reason why I'm bored 22 hours a day, is because I want that. Uh, Dave Wiggy Marlowe asks, when will Heartache and Hilarity 3 happen? Dave Wiggy Marlowe, you have stumbled upon something that all I can say is you will be stoked about very soon. Maybe not as soon as you think, but I am working on it. I am working on it as we speak. Uh, David, uh, TM, I think. I'm sorry, David, if I pronounce your name wrong. Uh, says, what's your favorite Robbie Williams song? Oh, that, uh, the Angels thing, where his grandma, um, he, uh, I'm, lo I'm loving angels instead. I actually saw him play that song one time in New York, and he goes... <laughs> And it was so British because it was this, it was a charity thing. It was fucking packed. Public Enemy and Robbie Williams and just all these crazy acts or whatever. It's so stupid that I was even in town for this. Like, it's not, I didn't go for that. Um, it was just happening across town. And so I got invited. And uh, anyway, he, 
I didn't know anything about him at all, and he just fucking slayed. I mean, this that dude is an entertainer, and he can sing. And anyway, he started to talk about that song, and he goes, yeah, I mean, this is a song. Um, I wrote this for my grandmother. And he goes, and this and this and this, and, you know, I, uh, you know, it's just someone that uh, is just always on my mind. Uh, I mean, she's not dead. <laughs> and it was just so English, you know, and I was like, I'm the only one in here that gets that joke, you know. Like, <laughs> felt really good. But, yeah, he, uh, that song is freaking crazy. I, but I, I do love Robbie Williams. I've got, uh, I have his music on my, uh, in my cloud. You know, on that uh, English humor thing, I've been meaning to say to you, I think that on your other podcast, Jared Goes to the Movies, I think your co-host, Eric, his humor is probably the closest I've ever heard an American get to English humor. So fucking dry. And you don't know he's made a joke, ever. Right. And he, so I'm glad you said that. Uh, you should message him and tell him, because he's real sensitive about it. He thinks that, like, he's disrupting the show. And I'm like... It's those underlying jokes that keep people listening to shit. You know, they don't... Oh, they, my God. Yeah. It's, it's, it's listening to it and knowing that you haven't got the joke and yeah. you will later. That's the greatest thing right. about it. Yeah, and that's... Exactly. No, I, I love... And see, that's what's funny. I love that, too. I love that aspect of it, of just, like... I'll, I'll be three sentences down the way and then get the joke, and then I'll, I'll, re, I'll go back to it or whatever. And then he's already moved on to something else. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which songs? Oh, sorry. Nathan Talbot asks, which songs never quite make it into your gig set lists, but you wish you could squeeze in? You know, we talk about that a lot. So when you have as many albums as we do, and then, you know, here's the Jarrett being Jarrett, but we have a lot of hits, you know? And uh, it really is honestly like making the set list for this next tour. And we do have to have a set list because we are bringing the production is going to be unlike anything you've ever seen Bowling for Soup do. You guys want to see this tour. Trust me. Um, if Even if you're on the fence, come see this tour. Um, but it's really hard because it's like, okay, here are the songs we have to play. And even to mark through a couple of those to get other songs in, to you know, there's only a certain amount of time. Uh, it's, it's very difficult. So there, there are songs that I, like uh, Sucker Punch is one. We love playing that song live, but it's like, what do you lose? You know, like that song's so old and do people even know it? And this and this and this. So, um, you know, again, I when we play When We Die, I wish we would have played Turbulence. When we play Turbulence, I wish we would have played When We Die, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I there's so many songs that we've never even gotten to play as a band. I mean, the way that recording works, and especially these days, you know, I go in, I show Gary the song, he plays the drums, and that is the last time he ever plays it. And that's, that is the majority of our songs. Not, you know. I think that's, that's what makes it worth seeing uh, any band, you guys on the tour after you release an album, because you may never, that may be the only time you ever hear a song from the album ever. Very you know? true. Yep. Uh, Ellis Kennedy asks, what's the worst gig you've ever done and why? A couple of those, but, uh, you know, it's, it's hard not to go back to Folkstone. Um, isn't that right? That's the name of the place, right? Folkstone, where they threw the pee at us? Oh, okay. I don't know about that. Is that a city there? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, I think I've got it right, Folkstone. Um, 
I don't know what it was. It was a sold-out show, but just a bunch of kids in the middle just raising hell and no security, and they were pissing in bottles and throwing piss at us. I got hit in the face with a Doc Martin. It was a rough, rough one. Um, definitely one of those that I think back to, and uh, very glad that um, I'll never play there again. Getting hit in the face with a Doc Martin is probably a punk passage, rite of passage, you know? I definitely Very- got, uh, I definitely think, yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely can tell that story and, and be, and you know, I've also like, I bit through my lip hitting with somebody's head hitting me in a mosh pit, you know, and I was the singer of the band and, you know, there's just, I got a bunch of those injuries like that. Um, I'm going to be honest, the, the Doc Martin to the face hurt, but the cell phone to the bridge of the nose, um, in, um. Bristol. Bristol was, I mean, that actually almost took me out. I almost full on went down after that. Yeah, one. that was, that was horrible. Um, we'll finish with some quick fire uh, in the last couple of minutes. We've got uh, Osvaldo Castillo asks pizza or burgers. Okay, one more time. Go. Osvaldo Castillo asks pizza or burgers. Uh, pizza. Uh, Michelle Moran asks favorite drink. Um, Miller Lite. Wendy Victoria asks favorite Avengers character. Um, okay, and, okay, so, what? let me just clarify, though, because I'm not a comic book guy. Spider-Man is not an Avenger? Oh, man, you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> okay, so, all right, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it, it would be Spider-Man if he were, but see, the problem is they put them in these movies and they're not really those guys. Um... But the ones on the movies, uh, I gotta go with. Um, I'll go with Ant Man. Jesus Christ! Is he not uh, one either? I, I mean, yeah, I, I think so. But Jesus, what a fucking terrible movie! I was just, I was just remembering. You remember when you did that on Jared Goes to the Movies? That was the show where I hated the movie so much I did a shot every question you asked me. <laughs> because of how terrible that movie was. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, last question Geraldine Darling asks what are you currently reading and if you don't get time to read what TV show are you watching uh, I am actually reading three books at the same time right now which is insane I get that uh, I am reading um, Unfuck Yourself Get Shit Done uh, and and the, I can't really get through them all at one time because it's I'm having to sort of dissect uh, what I want to get out of each one uh, because they don't really apply to me in that I'm a I'm a particularly motivated person that just wants to get more organized and motivated. So when you get a book that is for people who don't aren't fucking motivated, like I hope this is making sense. Anyway, it just sometimes I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know. Get to, to fucking fix me. You know, like what? you you open a book and it's like, why don't you get a hobby? And you're like, Jesus fuck, I have seventeen jobs. <laughs> Uh, but I will say this: I just finished. Um, I just finished "I'll Be Gone in the Dark" by Michelle McNamara, and a lot of people read it um, right after she passed away. Uh, it's Patton Oswalt's uh, deceased wife, and she wrote this about the East Area rapist who she coined the uh, Golden State Killer. Um, it is fascinating, and what's cool about it is if you're a Patton Oswalt fan, uh, you really get an emotional 
sort of look into what his life was like while she was writing all this and she didn't get sick she just died of a you know of a of a odd heart thing that happened and uh so it's really really cool and how you know she was on the trail of this fucking guy and then um soon after she passed away they actually caught the guy um and so so they get into that but anyway um that's my reading yeah um that man, that story is crazy. I listened to a, a true crime podcast about that, and they they've basically said that without her book, they may never have caught him, which is you know insane. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. The police and the FBI, or at least the police, the FBI. Of course, they don't get they don't say anything, but the the police say that they you know that it wasn't instrumental in catching him, but that it kept it in the public eye and blah blah blah. But man, I don't know. She. She definitely shook some shit up that needed to be shooken, and um, mm. so anyway, it's you know, a, she, it is she, a if you're she, into true crime, I I'm seriously I you should read it because it's fucking fascinating, and and also just the way that she writes, um, it about the time you get like caught up in the criminal stuff, she'll switch and start talking about herself or whatever just enough to kind of keep you reeled in. And in that same vein. Go and check out Patton Oswalt and all of his stand-up specials because that guy's one of my favorite comedians ever. He's one of the best. Uh, this has been episode 12. This has been real fun. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, please go and join the Bowling Soup fan page if you're not already a member. Uh, look out for any posts. I usually put podcast alert or something like that in it, so you'll find it. It's That's when I'm asking you guys for contributions to the show. That's how you get involved. Get a question read out or vote on what songs or videos you want to hear about. Um, anything to plug, Jarrett? Uh, no, just, um, you know, all the usual stuff, J-A-R-E-T-2113 everywhere, uh, follow BFS everywhere. Our, I would like to thank Sean Kennedy, who uh, has been doing our social media for the last few months, and he's killing it. And, uh, of course, uh, Fiona from the fan page, thank you for all you do. All of our new members, thanks for being here. And, uh, dude, you know, thank you, Daniel. Thanks. Well, I'm Daniel Cotton from Twitter. You can find me by searching that on Google. Um, I need to make mine more succinct like you and have one username everywhere, but I don't. Uh, when Bone Soup goes on tour in February in three weeks, I think, uh, I will be doing a blog. I'll be trying to do a blog every day. Uh, Daniel Cotton on tour.wordpress.com and find me on uh, Twitter at Daniel Cotton and listen to my new podcast, Hangover You Don't Deserve Podcast, everywhere you listen to podcasts. And my new YouTube channel uh, is called Cover Songs and Other Songs. Go check that out. Yeah, actually, if I could say, the watching you do the covers has been great. I mean, I've in all seriousness, I know we fuck with each other a bunch, but uh, I've known you since you were a little kid. And, uh, you know, I, you've been working for me now most of your adult life. And uh, I, uh, it's fun to see you making music it's it's you know it's it's a side of you that i just don't see i'm not exposed to that so it's been really cool so yeah y'all go check out daniel's um youtube thing and encourage him to do more and and tell him some songs to do yes please do thanks guys thanks we'll for listening. see ya take care y'all be Bye. good mm-hmm.